What if you could learn how to root yourself in God's truth for your motherhood? What if you could become confident in Christ as you lived out every day of your motherhood, interacting with your kids, praying about what new stages you're coming into with different children, having a gospel perspective, not just for your own life, but even seeing how God is working in your kids' lives. So often we feel unbalanced, defeated, and exhausted because we do not have our mind anchored in what God says. We have our mind anchored in the fact that we need to know the right thing or we need to do the right thing. I want to invite you to join me in a course. It's a six-week course, and we are going to be talking about resetting your mind when your motherhood seems hard, so that in every day moving forward, you can be anchored in the one who has all the answers, and you can be confident, and you can be at rest. Come and join me. The link is down in the show notes, and I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to When God Breaks Through a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to the kitchen table. We have spent almost two years walking together already, I can hardly believe it, talking about how do we bring our motherhood and the gospel together in a way that is clear, in a way that makes sense, in a way that is practical? How do we carry the gospel, the truth of Jesus and his great love, his great salvation and his great freedom into the moments that we're changing diapers and feeding children and hushing the tears or battling the drama? How do we bring Jesus there in real life, in real ways? And we are going to embark over the next few weeks and months at making sure that we are all anchored in the same way. And I am praying that every week as we anchor into the gospel, that we will expand it out into a certain area of your motherhood so that you can radically redefine your motherhood according to the way God wants you to define it. My prayer for this fall is that this will, in essence, be a seminary of sorts for all of us, me included, of saying, how do I make real what Jesus has really given me? How do I take it into my everyday moments and It actually is on rewind in my mind in those moments because that's the sticky spot, I think, for most of us. I know it is for me. I know it is for the women that I mentor and counsel and work with in different places. It's, oh, yeah, I I do remember that. But why can I not remember that in the moment? And that's true for me, too. 
just this moment, I mean, just this morning, I was uh, getting ready and thinking about everything that's having to be done this week in our home. This is for us the first real week of school, and there's a lot there. I have some roles at the school that help allow me to help the school, so there is a lot that goes along with that. Then I obviously spend time here with y'all and trying to shape and, and make this what God wants this to be. And I was praying about that. And then I was praying over uh, the collective, the group of women who we are beautifully walking together in more intimacy and, and trying to put this into practical progress and making real headway with our kids. And then there's other things that are happening that God are saying, write these words, put these out, make this plain. Like it even says in Habakkuk where it says, you know, to make this plain so that others can see it so they may run in that. And I feel like God has really called me to that and said, Bethany, make these things plain. And part of that is it needs to be plain to me. And so today, before we get started and what I'm going to talk about, I want you to understand that just this morning, I was feeling all of what we're going to talk about today. This is not the no-brainer, it's so obvious to me, and it's so easy for me to live this way. Talk. That's not this. I'm not sure that there's been a single thing that I've put over this microphone that has been, man, I've got that licked. I am a mess in my motherhood, but I know the one who redeems my mess. And his name is Jesus, and he is for us. And he wants to step into the mess with us. And he doesn't look at your mess and go, wow, you are a messy person. He steps into your mess with great compassion and says, I have come that you may have life and you may have it abundantly. You will be in this world and there will be a lot of tribulation, but I've come that you may have peace. He says, I've come to set you free I have come that you may know and be filled and never thirst again and never hunger again, that streams of living water will flow out of you. These are all his words to us as mothers. And yet, today, I was right back in the middle of feeling completely not at peace. And what happens when I am not at peace, what happens for me personally when I feel like there's a lot on my plate is personality wise. I think some of it is, and I think it's just straight up my flesh is number one. I want to fix it all, make it all right. Easy. My, I desperately desire for everything to be calm and um, easy and fun. And none of that ever feels calm, easy or fun. But then there's another part of me that oftentimes wants to run away, to ignore it, to pretend like, well, the easiest thing to do would be not to do any of it. I'll just go back, Lord, to where I was before you told me to start walking in this direction because I think I remember that maybe that was better, which I don't know how much you've studied the Old Testament, but oh my goodness, when I speak those words, I am speaking like a Hebrew, going, maybe Egypt was better. And Egypt's never better. 
than being and walking with God. Even if it feels like you're making very slow or no progress through a desert, you are walking with the one who will never desert you in the desert. So today we're going to be talking about what happens in the middle of the chaos. Because the world wants to tell us that as mothers and as women, that there should not be chaos. And if there is chaos, we need to know how to calm the chaos, whether that is in our home and work balance, our family life, the way we're raising our kids, the way our marriage is going, like we should have calm. And I don't see that in scripture, yet I always can fall victim to that belief system that says, oh my goodness, my life is spinning out of control and I need to work to control it in order to have peace, in order to have rest, in order to be okay. And so we, and I'm, I really am saying this, it's an I statement here. I will seek to control in ways that are angry sometimes. And then I justify my anger because life is crazy right now. And that's why I'm angry. And I seek to control by clamping down or even sometimes I will withdraw and say, well, I can't control that. So I'll withdraw from that. And what I want to propose today what God is redefining yet again, because our God is such a good and patient and loving God to continually remind us of the truths of the gospel. I want you to understand this one statement. Your life is going to have chaos in it. It will. And that chaos is not necessarily a reflection of who you are. But the chaos doesn't negate and it doesn't deny the rest and the peace Jesus gives us every day because of what happened at the cross. So we can have complete rest and complete peace even when our world is completely in chaos. They're not separate. One doesn't have to be fixed in order to have the other. But for most Mamas, I talk to you, and I am absolutely someone who gets tricked into this too. I believe that I need to fix the chaos in order to have peace with Jesus, in order to be at rest with Jesus, in order to be happy with Jesus, to have a good quiet time that morning with Jesus. And it's not true. And we have to know this and understand the gospel here because these are foundational things that impact everything else that we do in motherhood. I have eight kids, and I have had to realize that with eight kids, there is always somebody hurt. There is always somebody who is sad. There always is somebody who's mad. 
there is always somebody who is incredibly happy. There's always somebody who wants to hurt somebody else's feelings. Like we are, I am always in the middle of lots of happenings. And for a while, I mothered going from happening to happening. So what I mean by that is I solved who was sad, then I solved who was mad, then I solved who was hurt, then I solved who was, you know, I spoke to who was happy, and I went from happening to happening. Because if I could solve everything and bring everybody into calm, then I felt like, number one, I had done my job well, that that was the job of motherhood, which it is not. And number two, I believe that then is when I could find true intimacy with Jesus, which is also untrue scripturally. And I wonder how many other mamas mama this way. Because I know for me, it was self-defeating. It didn't work. I mean, there were seasons where literally I would get one kid out of orthopedic appointments and casts only to have the next one go in. I mean, if I had bought stock in an orthopedist office, my retirement would be set at this point. We joke, we only have one child who hasn't broken something in our family. And so because of that, right now she's up for like a car of her choosing when she gets to, goes to college because everybody else spent all of their car money on casts and physical therapy, and everything else. And that's just that. Chaos will always be a part of our motherhood. But in the middle of the chaos stands Jesus. I think that the imagery of that that always is the clearest to me is the story that you find. You find it in Mark 4. You find it in Luke 8. You find it um, in Matthew that uh, Matthew 8 is is the story of Jesus um, gets everybody in the boat, right? And they're, they're leaving the crowd. And he gets them in the boat. And a great storm comes up. And the waves, it says in, the, in Mark, it says, the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was filling with water. And these are, a lot of these are fishermen. Like, they're not, they're not, I mean, they're not Matthew. You know, Matthew probably, I don't know if he'd ever been on the lake because he was a tax collector. He might have been a little nervous. But there are some really seasoned, really great fishermen on these boats. And they're panicking. They're like, this is too much. But Jesus, it says, was in the stern of the boat asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up. If you're reading the different ones, I encourage you to read in all three of them. They give little turns to the story a little bit different um, of exactly what is said. But in Mark, we're going to read Mark. It says, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Do you not care? Like we're dying. When the world you're asleep, get up. We need help. This is a serious problem. And Jesus awoke, right? We know this story. And he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace. Be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he says to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Now, I've, I've read these stories many times, and I do not believe Jesus is rebuking them with a scolding here. 
He is highlighting to them that their faith is in the wrong thing. I imagine what happened when the storm started and Jesus was napping was all 12 of the disciples turned to the ones who know how to do stuff on boats and said, well, like, what do we do? How are we going to get across? And at first, those men, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, were like, oh, it's going to be fine. We know how to do this. We've been on we've been on the sea tons of times when there's been terrible storms. This is what we're going to do. And their faith was in their beliefs, and their faith was in their skills, and their faith was in their plan, and then it didn't work. And oftentimes I'm like that, where I am looking at all the chaos. I'm like, okay, 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 this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And I will go from one to the next to the next. And I'm going to be solving the crisis and going, whew, solve that, moving on. Okay, solve that, moving on. Okay, got some answers there, moving on. And yet the crises can keep mounting, can't they? Because I, where is my faith? So then when it gets so horrendous, where they're like drowning, God's making these waves smash against them from all directions and it's filling the boat. The boat is more under the water than above the water. Jesus is still sound asleep, which by the way, isn't that interesting? Like he's totally getting soaked, but he's still sleeping through it. And they finally wake him up, right? And with a word, it's done. It's finished. It's over. It's a great calm. He says, in essence, he's saying, your, your faith is going to need to be in me. It's not going to be in your abilities. It's not going to be in your skills. Bring your request to me. He's not saying, you should have just told this storm to be quiet. That's not what he's saying in this passage. He's saying, come to me fast. Put your faith in me. Know that I can do this. You know, you are loved by Jesus who went to the utter ends, taking your sin with him that you may be set free, that your faith could grow deep in him when all the waves of this world, all the stuff is just smashing all over you. It's coming to him, right? Well, but we, oftentimes we believe it's too much. Like what we have is too much. I should be able to figure this out. I should know the answers. I should know, you know, what to do here. It's just too much. It's embarrassing. And yet God in Philippians highlights this again. And this is really where I want us to sit for the last little bit. So we, we understand from Christ's perspective, right? He gives this physical picture of our lives, which is the waves and the stuff can just smash all over the boat. And there's nothing we can do. Our skill set will never be enough. We will never get through that storm. And with just one spoken word, it's finished. And he's like, where's your faith? Come to me fast. Run to me. Run to me with what you have. And when the waves come, know I am the one who loves you and I am anchoring you. I am the one who can handle this storm. And you don't need to. 
But then in Philippians 4, Paul says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise. Think about these things. You see, at the end of the boat ride with Jesus, it says that those disciples were overcome with fear. It was like the awestruck kind of fear, not the like shrinking away from Jesus and wanting to get away from him fear, but it's the awestruck kind of fear. And in fact, in Mark, it says, they said, who is this that the wind and the waves will obey him? Right? They get it. They're like, what is going on? God was here among us. This is when they're beginning to put together what we now kind of, we kind of know. And sometimes I think we kind of know it too too much. Like it's too familiar. So we don't give it credence and say, no, what that means is the fullness of God through Jesus Christ is giving to you and to me in our motherhood in these moments where the waves are just crashing all over the place and we are about to lose our mind with anxiety. Because I believe that is the assault for most of us in these days. The assault is one of complete anxious, worry, fear, confusion, and doubt. It is the assault the enemy wants to do on us. And the waves are smashing against our boats. And, you know, we hear all the catchphrases. We have decision fatigue. We're overstretched. We, we don't have flexible mindsets. No, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to encourage you to understand this. Right here is your whole hope. And it's this, we make a choice mentally, first of all. See, in Philippians, Paul is talking, he's like, over and over, he keeps saying, rejoice, rejoice. And he says, choose these things and know these things and be convinced of these things. Um, Philippians, in Philippians 1, it says, be convinced of this. Understand this stuff. You know, Paul's like, get your mindset right. In fact, In Philippians 3, he says, you know, hold true to what you have attained. Forget what has been in the past and push forward. Those are choice words, mental choice words that we we need to choose. So here in Philippians 4, it says rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'm going to say it, rejoice. Then he says, but do not be anxious about anything. For some of us, we're like, what? ever. Not true. Can't happen. Not for me. And I understand for a lot of us, this is really, really hard. And I have, I've walked 
with someone who really has struggled with anxiety in her life. And there is a part of it that is an assault of the enemy. There's a part of it that is the assault of the world, just stuff coming at us. And we are going to need to begin to run to the only one who can calm the storm. It says, do not be anxious about everything, but, but, so what do you do? I mean, I have anxious, I'm anxious a lot. That's my own personal admission. So I have to actively do this a lot. And it doesn't still the anxiety. It doesn't necessarily make me feel in my physical feeling less anxious. But I want to encourage you that the practice of this has made this easier. And I have watched God do massive fruit in my life. But even today, anxious. And I had to stand and go, no. Do not be anxious, Bethany, but with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. What are those? Prayer is the acknowledgement of who God is and who I am, which means I'm not the solver of my issues, but he is, and he's mighty and powerful, loving and just, kind and true, faithful, a forever friend, and I worship him. And then with supplication, I am laying out, this is my junk. That's a bunch of junk. And with thanksgiving, I am thankful for what he will do. And I put my requests in his hands. And what happens in that next verse? It says, and the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding. Like it's beyond. It's not a peace this world offers. It's not the peace of going to a spa and having a quiet day. It's not the peace of getting everything in your world quiet and calm and not having chaos. It's a peace that is beyond. And that peace is the peace of God. And that peace, it says, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. The ironic thing about this passage is that the word peace, well, we know what that means, right? That is a calm that is without conflict, right? And yet, will guard, that word guard is a military term used in battle for a garrison. And a garrison is um, a military word that means the uh, fortress and a surrounding that is like a protective surrounding. So peace is protectively surrounding your heart and your mind. In Christ Jesus. So who is this all sourced in? Christ Jesus. He's not asleep in the front of the boat. He is actively engaged. And his peace will guard you. He'll guard your heart and he'll guard your mind. What is your heart? Your heart in scripture is your will, your purpose, and your intentions in life. And your mind, that's your thoughts that spring out of your purpose, your intentions, and your will. God is actively wanting to guard you from the anxiety, from the chaos. But nowhere in this passage 
does it say, and the chaos will stop and it will cease and no longer will your children get hurt and no longer will they have bad attitudes and no longer everything will be zen and easy for you. That's not what it says. In fact, it says, you know, Jesus said, I mean, I've come into this world so that you may have peace, but, but you will have tribulation, but you will have peace in the middle of the tribulation. Why? Because peace is guarding you. And the tribulation can't get through Jesus's peace. It's the protective barrier around your very being. But it comes because we run to him and we present our prayer with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, all of our requests. You know, it's, it's critical that we begin to put these things in place, actively put them in place and learn to have this kind of a reframe of our mindset in order for it to actually work on Tuesday when everything is going, you know, it's like a big dumpster fire and we can't believe that it's all falling apart. You and I have to do this work. And if anything, I want my posture to be like your big sister, your friend with her arm around you saying, I'm doing it too. Because today I went back to these passages and it was ironic to me that this was my plan for today. And yet God was like, Oh, look, here we are again. But remember, Jesus doesn't say, why are you of so little faith with a rebuke that says, just forget you. You're no good. It is the words of our Savior that are inviting us to go deeper with him and grow in our faith and grow in our understanding of what he says in his word and how we are to anchor. There's a song that has this one little line in it. And it says, bring on the waves because I'm loved by the one who anchors me. You are loved by Jesus. He came to rescue you at the cross and he continues to rescue you every day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.